All right, so we are recording. Uh, this is, uh, so let me just run through introduction. This is Talking Share with Michal. Uh, I'm talking today with John. I, I did a little bit trolling on the internet and John uh, tried to, uh, uh, I don't know how to really say it, but I guess you were trying to undermine my logic and I was trying to undermine your logic. And basically, I, I don't know, to me it was a stalemate. I don't know what it was to you, but how are you doing, John? And uh, tell me more about you and tell me more about the Twitter uh, uh, interaction we have. Um, so my name is John. I am keeping my last name out of it for obvious reasons. Um, I, I'm an Australian who recently moved to the US. I recently immigrated, actually, just before the lockdown happened. So perfect timing on my half. Um, nice. And in terms of our Twitter interaction, so I, I created my account to sort of get, because I live in a very liberal household. And so I created my, my account to sort of understand what the other side was thinking and their thoughts. And our interaction was actually very funny because you were, I sort of discovered halfway through that you were trolling me. Hmm. Um, but it was, and while I was sort of trolling you as well, in I the have... sense that I wasn't letting you go, I suppose, it was, I, I took it as an opportunity to sort of, because there were people who were adding into our conversation who weren't trolling, they were being serious. And it was more for me to bring up, saying, look, if you're stuck in these viewpoints, why don't you just question them a little bit, if that makes any sense? Yes, it does. It does uh, make a lot of sense to me. And what I was telling you just a second before, that's my whole point uh, to, like, I'm a troll who wants people to question things. And basically, that's my whole, and, you know, I agree sometimes I am a little bit disrespectful, but I really try not to call people names and not to really like be too much of a uh, asshole. I just try to like kind of poke them to spark, mm -hmm. spark the questioning type of ideology in their mind. Well, then that's the exact same on my heart. That's, that's beautiful. And basically our um, Twitter battle started through uh, this polarizing figure, well-known guy, Donald Trump. Can you give me any sort of thoughts, ideas about the guy? Um, I am not a big fan of Trump. Uh, I won't fully summarize my thoughts because I know we're going to discuss that uh, today. Um, but I think, I, I think that with him, it's it's very much he has his cult surrounding him, and as a person who loves freedom and democracy, sport it is that concept in itself scares me. Like it's a genuine fear, and so I think that's sort of the best way to summarize my thoughts on him. Like I think I think he's an idiot, but I'm I'm also afraid of the sort of power he has. I understand what you're saying, and I'm not surprised uh, from, uh, you know, I'm definitely not surprised with your perspective. And if I can give you mine, at, yeah, the, at the beginning, I, I was very much on your boat. Like I was convinced the guy's a showman, he's a joke, he's just like a character. And I uh, I had no doubts he's nothing but a, but a puppet, right? 
but over time and you know i'm not saying i'm right uh, and you know i never really want to push like an agenda that i'm right you are wrong or whoever is right or wrong my my perspective is more on a, a point let's figure out what is really going on here and i'm just trying to understand it one thing for mm -hmm. sure I cannot completely understand what is Donald Trump as a character about. It's kind of difficult to uh, really tell because there's too many things. And also my issue with all of this, uh, I believe Trump is kind of in disadvantages po position because, yes, he is like a crazy character. I will never argue that 100%. And he probably is a crazy person as well. But that does not, uh, you know, even if he's crazy, it doesn't mean he cannot do a good job. And long story short, you know, certain things, certain mm. actions, I believe are good, but I could be incorrect. Can you please tell me your view at, at this? Um, so, like I said before we started recording, when I listened to your most recent episode, there's a lot of you and I agree on. And the idea that he is crazy, but that does not mean a crazy person cannot be a good leader, I agree with. That crazy does not necessarily mean a person is a bad leader. But I think, again, and Trump ran on the idea that he was not a politician. He was going to change the game, which, again, is a stance I agree with. And I, and I totally agree with that. We, we had an election in Australia recently where a politician won saying that I'm not a career politician, I'm a regular person going into it. Um, but I think that Trump has proven repeatedly that he doesn't, I, I, again, I, I, I'm, not, I'm trying not to be definitive, but like it, to me, it seems like he doesn't care about the American people. Like he doesn't care about how what he's doing and what he's done has actually affected people. And I could be wrong. I could be definitely wrong. I don't know his intent, but that's just how it's come across. I hear you. Uh, can I ask a question? So basically, that's going to be the, most of our conversation, I believe, is going to be around Trump. Maybe not. We'll see. But one thing that I definitely would like your opinion on. Do you believe that Trump is treated fairly through news media and also just general assumptions of him as a person? Um, now, that is that I, you, you, you posed that question to me before we started this call. And that is a. Is it OK if I, if I go on for a bit so I can sort of fully explain my thoughts? Of course. I, I find that that question is very difficult to answer because. It. Trump, when he before he was uh, elected, <clears throat> and throughout his entire election, he repeatedly uh, he started this idea and repeatedly enforced it that anyone who disagrees with him is fake news. Mm -hmm. That was he did that during the election. Um, I want to emphasize that I wasn't a fan of Hillary either. I would have voted for her, but I'm not a like I don't think she was brilliant. But um, Trump enforced that, and it's put news media in general in a weird state where because he has something like 40 percent of americans supporting him unconditionally the state that is it up where anyone disagrees with him regardless of whether or not they're right or wrong is labeled fake news mm -hmm. and it's put media in this weird place where when trump says something undoubtedly insane 
they have to treat it as if it's correct. Otherwise, they get instantly labeled as fake news. And we see that all the time. And in fact, we saw that yesterday where Twitter deleted some of his uh, tweets, which are fake news, which yep. was him just mis, uh, misinforming people and have been labeling uh, his tweets uh, true or not. And he said that that was destroying the freedom of speech of the right. And so it's one of those things where anyone who goes against Donald Trump is seen as just the enemy. And so can you really say that he is treated unfairly when that's the attitude, if, especially since a lot of what he says is something that should be criticized. I believe that every president, regardless of uh, political uh, positioning, should be scrutinized heavily. And Trump said these things like, I, I look back to very specifically the, the disinfectant comment. I won't say bleach because in the video, he didn't say bleach. He said, he said there was a study I read that talked about using disinfectants on surfaces that killed Corona. And why don't I was thinking, why don't we put disinfectants in the body? Because Corona does a lot of bad and then he rambles on a bit. And the study he referenced was bleach, but regardless of that. And so news media, the news said, hey, that was really dumb. Don't say that. And so Trump said, I didn't say that. I was just, you know, thinking out loud. And then experts had to come on to like CNN and MSNBC and CBS saying, hey, don't like drink disinfectant and bleach, in which his supporters then said he was just trolling the media. And if um, and, and please tell me if I've gotten off track, because I might, I tend to do that a lot. Continue. Um, but it's that sort of rationale, which makes it hard to say whether or not he's treated fairly, because if, if someone labels everything bad against them, whether deserving or not as fake news, it's hard to find whether or not he's treated fairly, isn't it? Yeah, I, I see your point. And if if I'm understanding you correctly, basically you are saying uh, you cannot treat him fair because he doesn't treat other people fair as well. Is that yes. what you said? That, that's, that's, that's effectively what I'm saying. Uh, but, in, in other, but in one point I did want to bring up is that Trump gets significantly more media coverage than like any other politician. Like during the during the elect 2016 election, uh, the Hillary, Hillary email scandal, which I'm not going to comment on whether or not it was right or not. I'm not going to comment on any of these scandals whether or not they're right or not because it's not for me to say. Sounds but the good. Hillary uh, email scandal got something like, and uh, this number will be wrong, but it was a large number, something like 10 to 12 times the amount of coverage as the 20 odd scandals that Trump had at the time. Like he gets so much support from the media because it sells well. So if you say treated fairly is it fairly is getting media coverage, his, the agenda that he pushes gets covered across the board. And that's what he wants, regardless of good or bad. So when you say fair, if that's what he wants, he just wants his message out there and the people he wants to convince will be convinced anyway then yeah, he's treated fairly. He's treated exactly the way he wants to be treated. He puts on the, I, I, I genuinely believe that he puts on this facade of caring about what left-wing news says about him because it sells. It gets his message out. Like you said, he's a showman. He knows what he's doing. I don't agree with it personally, but it's, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry if I've lost track. It's, it's a very complicated topic. It is, John, it is, and I think you you are saying a lot of good stuff, a lot of knowledge, and I, for most part, I agree with you. 
One is just my thing, like I've been saying, uh, my mentality to begin with. I know is that I don't, like, the only thing I know truly is that I don't know. And that's why I'm giving uh, Trump, like, a chance. And uh, my uh, perspective in all of this is I don't really look what he says. Um, I don't really follow his uh, media uh, campaigns, scheme, or uh, uh, media antics. I'm looking into what's being done. And my perspective is, um, and you know, uh, I gotta tell you right away, I'm not a person who's like really deeply politically rooted and I understand all the moves, who makes what sort of move. I don't, do not really know that. But I, as, I assume and I believe I see that Trump has made some moves to make uh, this country, United States of America, um, more of a independent and self-sufficient country. Uh, and why I say that, uh, as if his agenda, if what, what, they, uh, what he's talking about and I guess what he's doing, if he's really bringing back production to United States, if he's really for opening up the economy and starting it back again, and uh, he wants, and uh, this medicine thing, uh, do you know how to pronounce the name? It's hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, and... Uh, I've, I've, got a, I've got a lot of it, oh, I, I've got a lot of things to say about that, but keep going, please. <laughs> but, you know, like you said, the medicine thing. And you uh, said something which was, uh, I'm actually very grateful that you said it in a way that you did because you didn't say he promoted for people to take it. He just said, I'm using it. And, you know, that's one of those things with uh, media that not being honest. Uh, they like to flip the story that he's promoting it. And, you know, what it's... I mean, I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, that was on me. You keep going. No. It's okay, it's okay. In some ways he is, but in many ways he's not. He's just sharing it. Uh, please give me your take on it. I mean, I remember I, I was having this discussion. It was more to do with the concept of a threat, but I think it stands here too, where just because someone doesn't specifically say something does not mean that's what they mean. To, to go further is that, I do remember when uh, Trump started touting hydroxychloroquine because the issue with that is that there actually was no study saying it could help. Scientists were checking it, but it like Corona is a virus. Hydroxychloroquine is a parasitic. So mm -hmm. those two terms on its own shows that it shouldn't work. And uh, the studies have found out that uh, people taking hydroxychloroquine with coronavirus die more often than just not bothering. Um, and Trump, I remember when Trump came out and he was saying, there's this new drug, it's called hydroxychloroquine, and I hear that it might really fix corona. It's the, it's the, it's the magical cure. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he didn't specifically say everyone should take this. But if, 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 if the leader of your country during a pandemic says there's this medicine and it's the magic cure that we need, that's... That's a that's a sales tactic, isn't it? Yes. He's not saying like that's like again, it's one of the things. But yeah, he like whenever like you can say you are factually correct saying he didn't say that because again he yeah he didn't say that. But you you I I don't believe that you can say he wasn't selling it. 
Yeah, and there is arguments that he has a financial stake in it, and there's a lot of things in all of this situation that he might have a financial stake in it. And I do not disagree with that point. I wouldn't be surprised if if it's true. I, you know, he's a businessman. He could be setting things up to make money from it. Oh, I'm very open to the idea. And yeah, I, I will never be convinced that Trump is only for the people and not at least a little bit for, for himself. Uh, that would be not a good perspective for me to have. Uh, um, yeah, and uh, to me, it's kind of, uh, it's very perplexing how things go because, um, uh, you know, there is uh, also in today's times, I believe we are kind of wired to be either on one side or the other, and not many people just stand in the middle and try to really figure out what's going on. Uh, can you please say something about that? Just being like uh, unbiased and open to both sides, let's say. Well, that's actually very funny. Uh, you, uh, I'm just going to lead this with a question. Do you know anything about Australian politics? I would, I'd be surprised if you know anything, no, but do you? No, but I'm actually very interested. I'd, I'd be very interested what's going on right now and how the, uh, let's say, how the governing body is doing over there um so the way australia's election system works it's uh basically it's called preferential where let's just say i have seven candidates i go i label one to seven so if my number one gets knocked out my vote instantly goes to number two and this leads to a multi-party system where no party gets a majority by itself and so when you're saying that like, yeah, the American people are labeled left and right. And I think if you want an unbiased opinion, you're looking at a good person in people like Australians and uh, New Zealanders, uh, the British, not so much, but still, and like Germans and whatnot, because we have been raised that like there is a political party for our specific views. Like if I can be, if I can just be truthful and honest, um, in Australia, I'm a green supporter. I know I, when I get my American citizenship, I'll find the party I'm a fan of, but the green supporter, because I, I believe in climate change and I believe in universal health care and, uh, and somewhat of universal basic income and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, but in America, I found that there is this drive of like my team and yours, and that's scary. Yes. Like I, I remember, again, it's on Twitter, so how much can you really say? But a guy tweeted saying, I do not care if I'm being lied to and misinformed because if I educate myself, I don't want to support the socialist agenda. Mm -hmm. And, and as I said before, that if, if that is true, if that is true and that person actually believes that, is that not a terrifying thought that they, a person would rather be lied to, to support their team than to have the truth told to him, regardless of political leanings or like where you sit. That's, and that's what America has bred. It has bred yeah. this my team and yours mentality. And I get stuck in it too sometimes. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's not, it's not great. It, and the, the issue is that you see that you see politicians. And again, I don't agree with their views entirely, but like Mitt Romney and uh, McCain, people who, went against their party because it was the right choice. 
And I'm sure there are examples of the Democrats. And to be honest with you, I don't know it. And that's on me. I probably should have double checked that. But there aren't enough politicians in American politics who ignore party lines. And I think that's the issue. As soon as our politicians stop caring about actual the right choices and only care about party affiliation, which is what we're seeing in the Trump administration, then democracy is sort of falling apart. Maybe that's a bit extreme. <laughs> I truly agree with you, uh, John, believe it or not, in my opinion, and it's only my opinion, I could be completely incorrect. But if this won't change what you were just mentioning, that just being, um, you know, like uh, just losing even, even sometimes it goes using, losing human values for some political uh, shenanigans, you know? And that happens uh, not only in this country, I believe it happens in many other countries, maybe except some, um, I was doing some research about Sweden, Denmark, you know, uh, some of those countries, they have like uh, really like uh, maybe they are a little social here and there. Uh, and I'm not saying good or a bad thing, but they are like they, there is a power of the people there. Over here, the, the power of the people seems to be an illusion. I might be wrong, might be right. I don't know. No, you, you, you are right. Like I remember I actually had looked into this recently where not only did barely half Americans vote in the last election. It was like 50.3%. 22% of Americans chose Trump. Mm -hmm. that, and that's just, and, and whether or not the majority of Americans agree with what he does, I'm disregarding because the truth is on numbers alone, a very small minority voted for yeah. Trump and he got in. And that's not democratic, is it? Yeah, uh, uh, sorry if I interrupt you, but uh, one no, thing about democracy, uh, uh, and uh, please don't get me wrong, I, I do, do not want to shed on democracy, but the, the point I'm trying to make is, as far as I know, democracy is not the best, or it's not such a great thing as many people would like to paint it, because even if you look at the idea where the, the country is divided, but uh, let's say it's almost 50-50. It's 51% against 49. It's still countries divided, but uh, the 51% can win the vote. And, uh, you know, so it, there's literally 2% difference, and it could be night and day difference for one party opposed to the other party, which, mm -hmm. in my opinion, that uh, kind of makes the democracy in some ways flow mm. but uh, obviously i don't have a better idea so i'm just uh, saying well, that the mm -hmm. solution is a multi-party system like you see in the uk and again if, if you really want to look into it like australia and new zealand are really good examples okay. where we're set up where like okay every single election and i, I could be wrong for your viewers or your listeners i should say um but i think for the last 20 years every election has been decided by a set of about 10 or more independents. I see. So for, for one, part, one party, either Labour, which is left-wing, or Liberal in Australia, which is right-wing, they only get a majority, per se, when a bunch of independents swing their way in votes. And that is where 
a system like that. And I think Germany has the same. And I think Sweden and Denmark have the same. Where the idea that the actual fate of a country sits on independence is where democracy truly thrives. Like it's, it shows that that's the actual will of the people. That it doesn't matter 2%. If, if what your party is doing is wrong, then independence will decide. Do you, do you agree with that idea? or Yeah, uh, do you... it, uh, it makes way more sense than what's going on here in the United States. <laughs> Definitely. I agree. And uh, it, one thing, uh, one another thing I want to say, you probably heard this on another, uh, on the previous podcast you said you listened to. Uh, I, I refer to politicians on top because I, I believe local politics have something uh, meaningful in this country but on top I I look at most of those figures as uh, pretty much showmen or like I was saying WWE stars uh, you know you know WWE right yeah like yeah yeah professional wrestling and that's another thing I'm I'm truly like um, you know, because once again, I, he said, she said, this guy did this, this is outrageous. We live in times where anything can be made outrageous. And uh, even if you force something, they can paint a picture in a way that you just uh, start to hate the idea. And, you know, you can be, you know, although your ideology is with the, let's say, with some sort of... Uh, uh, I don't know exactly how to express what I'm trying to say, but basically a lot of times uh, media or whoever, news sources or whatever, can paint a picture in a way that even if you for something, they can paint it for you that you will become against it. What do you think? Yeah. About well, you, we saw that with Bernie Sanders. And hear me, hear me out here. So uh, regardless of how... I feel and how you feel about his politics. No one can doubt that he has been for the last 40 years. He's been doing his shit. Sorry mm -hmm. for swearing. Um, no, no, swear, swear. I, <laughs> I love swearing. <laughs> for the 40 years he's been kicking about, he's, um, he has been consistent on his message. He has never changed, but, and mostly this is the fault of left wing and right wing media. But I mean, left wing media was against Bernie too is that they took old interviews where he was railing against a K, uh, the founder of the KKK. He was railing against him, talking about how horrible he was. And just by changing the order of things he said and leaving some things out, it made it sound like he was friends with them. Hmm, and that brings a difficult idea where, like, again, freedom of speech is brilliant. But it, like the, the example I just said, that's a person using freedom of speech to lie yes and yeah I'm, I'm sorry i don't really know where to go past there like that's sort of like I, I i support freedom of speech in its entirety and i think it's a beautiful yeah. thing but the truth is just like with most beautiful things just like with democracy in the wrong hands it's horrible i agree uh what do you think about this uh people trying to get uh, Trump out of Twitter. That definitely goes over a free speech idea. What do you think about that? I'm sorry, could you repeat the question one more uh, time? <laughs> some people trying to get uh, Trump out of uh, twi Twitter. They're trying to ban him, as far as I know. What do you think? Would that infringe on everybody's free speech? 
or wouldn't? Well, that's the interesting thing. On on paper, as as the both the First Amendment is written out, and as a court president has said, the First Amendment allows you um the First Amendment allows you to say whatever you want as long as it doesn't endanger other people, incite violence, mm-hmm. and, or cause a panic. Like for instance, a popular example is you can't shout fire in a theater. Yes. And but the and freedom of speech only protects you from government uh, censorship. That's that's mm-hmm. the only group it protects you from. And there have been examples, like in the 1918 uh, uh, Spanish flu pandemic, where freedom of speech in America was suppressed. Uh, they stopped uh, the government banned media from even mentioning the disease. Um, but in terms of banning Trump on Twitter, a company has every single right to ban people for saying things they don't like. That's the that's that's just in the law. That's what it says. And in in terms of a lot of things, I think I don't think Trump should be banned. I think that kicking right wing voices and politicians, even if they say really horrible things, which some of them do. Kicking him off platform and almost sweeping it under the rug is what caused the, the sharp rise in hate crimes when Trump was elected. There was like we can't deny that there was a sharp rise, and it is what caused it. Is that is that the only way you change people's minds is if the speech is out there. Like you and I disagreed on Twitter, and we are having a discussion. We might not change each other's minds, but this discussion is how you fix that hatred. Correct. I agree. And so, I I think that Twitter should. Delete his tweets, which are misinformation, and delete his tweets, which are clearly hate speech. Even though, yes, hate speech is protected by the Constitution, I don't think the president should be tweeting things that are that are, are damaging to minority groups. I know, really hot take there, but um, <laughs> like, but he shouldn't be banned because the truth is, I it's dangerous to say like like okay, I'm. In a, it, like my views socially, my social, my economic views are very left. But my social views is a moderate left. Like I support the LGBTQ community, but I'm not more extreme like you see in some communities with some, some parts of the community. And so, if you have a company saying we will get rid of all right wing speech, yeah. where does it stop? Like obviously, get rid of the KKK stuff, but like at what point do you say that's okay? Yeah, I hear you. See you. what I mean? Yeah, I would, uh, for most part, what you said, I, I agree with you, but uh, my perspective is this. And, you know, the private company as a Twitter is kind of difficult. It's also interesting situation because, like you said, they are a private company and at some point they can decide uh, who they want on their platform or don't. And, yeah, I guess if they would decide, it wouldn't really change the Constitution, maybe. I, I don't know. But I truly believe... Uh, everyone should have freedom of speech. And uh, I made this point with one of my uh, friends, podcast guests, is that even if somebody's talking racist shit, yeah, that's not cool. And we need to acknowledge it's not cool. But there could be even a good thing out of it. For example, right? Some guy, let's say, spewing racist hate shit, this type of stuff. It's not cool. But then at the same time, you can go on that platform and see who is a fucking racist. You know? You know what I'm saying? And I, I, again, I, t- I totally agree with you. Yeah, and I believe that's why freedom of speech should not be touched. And obviously, another reason 
it's our bird-given right, if I'm correct. Maybe I'm incorrect, but I believe freedom of speech is a bird-given right. And the UN recognizes it as one. So if that is so, I really believe it should not even be taught, uh, talked about as, you know, taking it all away. If it's a bird-given mm -hmm. right, we should not even have a discussion about it. It should be there. That's it. What do you think? Um, uh, again, I, I totally agree. It's very funny because we, we come from different sides of this 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 yeah. discussion, but we do agree on a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and yes, I believe that freedom of speech is a God given is well, I'm not religious, but God given right. Um, and but the the truth is, and I and I know, I mean, I suspect I should say that this question is stemmed from Trump saying that Twitter is suppressing his speech. And I made I I made a I tweeted at him, which means nothing. But I made the point that Trump is talking about Twitter suppressing his speech, while he is the most popular Twitter page on the planet, and he has more he has more coverage of his views than anyone else on this earth. He tweets something. And you hear about it on the other side of the world. So is anyone really suppressing his speech? Yeah, no, probably no one. In some ways, no one is. Mm. Yeah, like you, you can't, you can't have this massive platform and claim your speech is being suppressed. You, you can't, you can't have it both ways. If it's, if, if I woke up and his Twitter page was banned. Yeah. I mean, I think that'd be a good thing, but a good thing in terms of for the people, but in terms of our freedom of speech, that would be a bad thing. Like that's that's a dangerous precedent for a company to set yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, you know john um, my thing is like you said we both are pretty much on the same page and i believe that's why i became a troll uh, on uh, twitter is because pretty much most of us are on the same page we are just uh, like the separation is we basically part ways just uh, maybe not just because but it seems in a huge way because of this polarizing figure and not really because of our views and beliefs <laughs> do you uh, do you hear what i'm saying is that uh, we have well yeah it was it was something that because i remember earlier in this um in this recording you, you, we were saying about how like like while we were sort of being trolly ourselves to each other uh -huh. uh, some of the people com uh, in our conversation were being serious and it was one of the comments you responded to which again scared me a little bit was a guy saying if it comes uh, again this is going to be a misquote but i know that you know the tweet i'm talking about is that if it comes from a dem, a dem then it's wrong mm -hmm. and you tweeted a hundred percent which <laughs> pretty funny i'll give you that that gave me a chuckle thank you um but that's that's and that, uh, uh, I'm going to go on a bit. Is it okay if I go on a bit of a tangent? Of course. I got into an argument with a Trump supporter the other day. And we're saying, like, I'm on New York Times. So it was about six in the evening to about two in the morning. It was eight hours. Hi. And we were discussing about universal health care. And he used, he said, why don't we have something like Singapore or Sweden? And I, I was getting to a point, And it got to a point where I'm like, you realize that Sweden and Singapore... Their example, and Australia, which is very similar to Sweden and very similar to Germany, like these countries that you say, we want their healthcare, but we don't want the Dems uh, uh, offering. I'm saying like what the Dems are offering is what Sweden, Germany, Australia, and uh, and Singapore have. We have we have strong privatized uh, 
health industry, um, health insurance, but like, uh, but universal health care is just if you are on the soil, if you are born in the country or a citizen of the country, you get you get cheap health care. That's all it means. And I was trying to explain that, like, what you're railing against and what you're fighting for is identical, and you're just against it because a Democrat offered it, and they yep. got labelled as communism. And that's that's the issue. Like, a lot of what. Again, please interrupt me if you totally disagree with what I'm about to say, because this might be something we disagree on. A lot of what Democrats want, a lot of what they want Mm -hmm. is just like the the, the Democrat. uh, uh, Sorry, the Democrat policy is just tax people a lot who have so much money, their family won't ever have to work again in the history of Earth. Tax Mm -hmm. them a lot and give people who can't afford things. Like healthcare, that's all, and also like don't kill the environment. That's all Democrats want. They don't like that. That's not an agenda. There's no agenda there. It's mm-hmm. people with a lot of money should give a lot of money, and people who can't afford healthcare shouldn't go bankrupt. And it's like, is that is is that really a bad thing? I've gone on. I've gone really out of. I've really shifted away from what we were talking about. So for that, I apologize. But like, is that is that such a bad thing? Like, or are you just railing against it because a Democrat offered it? Yeah, I think uh, I think you do have a point, and a lot of political issues and just ideas in general uh, meet uh, meet the wall, like we just meet the wall of resistance. And it's not because it's a bad idea. It, you you know, it, a lot of times it's a good idea. It's just people uh, automatically. Um, uh, assimilate. They they basically compare with some. Uh, I I don't have a right word that I find, but basically uh, they find like a. You, you say, uh, for example, you say healthcare for everybody, and then somebody scre- screams, socialism. This is going to yeah. be Nazi country, you know. And those are those two things. And even if somebody screams socialism, Nazi, it might be, it could turn out that way, but it doesn't mean it will. And it's, that's the thing, you know, we trying to paint a picture uh, black and white and it's mm. not always black and white. And that's, that's one of the things that I'm like fighting against. There's no such a thing as a black and white issue. We, everything's liquid and in order to understand it, we got to have a conversation. Like I have a conversation, you and me, we have a conversation, not a shouting match, you know? Yeah. And that's like, and like, and like left-wing media sort of fucks it up a lot as well. It's that like, like I look at like on, on paper, the idea of having tough immigration is a good thing. Australia, like we are a very multicultural country, but we have, it's very difficult to get in the country because we have very unique environment. And also, because we we uh we like to be safe, and so on paper, when re- Republicans saying, "Look, let's make immigration tougher," that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think I think they take it to an extreme of the point where it borders on racism, but like that on paper is not a bad thing. Just like how universal healthcare on paper is a good thing. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong. It's just it's it's how it's messaged. Like I think if I think if I think if and also, it's an issue where, like, it, like, like we saw it with 
again, it please interrupt me if you totally disagree. Um, but we saw it with the travel bans with Trump during the pandemic, the beginning of the pandemic, huh? where like we're like, yes, he should have banned travel. I agree with that. But he banned only Mexico and China when 95% of the infections are coming from Europe. And it's like, I agree with the travel ban, but that's clearly not – that's clearly racially motivated. Do you see what I mean? I hear you, like, yeah. Like the, infe- the infections were coming from Europe, but he banned travel from China after airlines banned travel from China and Mexico when Mexico didn't have anyone infected. Like it, it's one of the things where, and just like universal healthcare, where like the truth is, I as much as I agree with Bernie and I think it was great in America, I don't think that system can function because of how your your well, I say your country. I'm going to become a citizen of this country one day, but this country doesn't can't function like that because of how it's set up. If that makes any sense. It does. It does, and uh, yeah, for sure. I I believe uh, there's not many um, laws and just uh, legislations and. However you call it, uh, my political terminology is not so strong, but if we uh, trying to pass laws here, it's kind of difficult uh, to, uh, uh, so uh, there's a lot of ideas that many people would love to implement, but it's not so easy. And why is that? Maybe maybe it's just uh, political shenanigans or maybe it goes deeper. And I really, uh, you know, uh, I really don't want to get into conspiracies and I don't want to like uh, squeeze any of those type of buttons. But I really believe we need to look into ideas that, you know, there is um, self-interest in a, a lot of stuff. And, you know, John, I believe, uh, and try to avoid conspiracies, but I believe uh, we as people, you and me and everybody, right, left, red, blue, we are divided for a reason. And the reason is, so really, you know, so I guess people do what they want behind the scenes. Uh, you know, like people in charge do what they want behind the scenes and people, the, uh, the populace is fighting, is divided between each other. What do you think about this sort of idea? Um, I agree with it, but you might not like the direction I'm going to take it in. Um, yes, it is very clear that, and I think this pandemic has really shown it, that in a lot of governments, you're seeing with Bolsonaro in Brazil, um, and probably other examples as well, <laughs> but like every time... And again, I, I am I am certain that Democrats have done it as well in some point in history. They, they it, it is it is statistically unlike it's statistically impossible that Democrats haven't done this too. But because this is in the current, uh, uh, what's the phrase? The current uh, uh, nation psyche, mm-hmm. like it's currently in our heads um, that we're seeing it. They're like. The, the Trump administration, through all this chaos, has been able to push some pretty fucked up things. There's a group of, of extreme right-wing conservatives, and I emphasis on extreme, that are trying to get rid, rid of the women's right to vote while the pandemic is going on. While we're all distracted with like trying not to starve to death and trying not to die, you have these people in the background who are 
like trying to stop half the half the population from voting and you have people like mcconnell who are trying to bankrupt blue states who let us not forget fund red states not every red state obviously not every blue state funds every red state but like like kentucky takes like in, it gives money but it takes out one or 200 billion dollars well new york gives out a hundred billion dollars mm-hmm. and so like you have these you have these career politicians like mcconnell in fact he's quoted as saying like someone someone uh in during an interview and again please if you if you, please double check me because i could be wrong in an interview like uh he was someone was saying like people are dying why aren't you like pushing through stimulus checks and he said I don't care about that. He essentially said this again. I'm, I'm misquoting him. I'm not like perfectly quoting him, but I'm just getting the general gist. He basically said, I don't care about that. I came here for the politics. And we are seeing that now. It's this idea that like, like when Trump says some shit, you have Republicans saying, he shouldn't be saying that out loud. Like it's, and that's what we're seeing. And again, I'm sure Democrats have done fucked up shit too. I'm, I'm certain it's probably happened. Not even a question. It, it it's happened, but we are seeing it now more than ever. And maybe maybe it's not happening more now than ever, but we are seeing it more now than ever. Yeah, it's it's some sort. To me, it's almost a disconnect between mm. politicians and the people. I feel, and the, the, although many people, so for example, going back to trolling, many people that are pro Trump or against Trump, they are very into their idea. I don't blame them because it, it's easy to, to be, to get emotional, this and that. Yeah. But uh, it does, uh, although they are so into the idea, uh, you know, my, my, my question is that sort of behavior making any sort of difference. In my opinion, it actually makes it worse. And my question here is, how do we change uh, this sort of political type of uh, BS into real life applicable changes and basically can we find like a middle ground where people are somewhat happy, politicians are somewhat happy, uh, the companies are somewhat happy, uh, let's say immigration, uh, exportation, importation, you know, all this sort of stuff. Can we, do, John, do you ever think about what could we change? in order to make things better and so, you know obviously i'm kind of going almost into utopia yeah. ideas but utopia is an idea and i think we are capable of utopian existence to some extent and i believe the disconnect that i started talking about is the reason we cannot achieve it what do you think um i agree that there is a disconnect and um, I'm sorry, you, you're really making me think here, and I really like that. The uh, I there I, I do have a solution. I I have multiple solutions, and one is the the most unrealistic one, which I'll just quickly gloss over, is that to stop this disconnect, you need to completely change up the American voting system. Get rid of the electoral college. Have it just where make it multi-party system, and have it where like no matter where you live. For the, for the federal government, not state elections, keep state elections however the fuck they keep state elections. Okay. In terms of federal government, have it where, like, vote is just party. And there'll be a bunch of, there'll be a whole glossary of parties. 
And so let's just say the, the traditional Republican Party gets 20% of the vote. They get 20% of the seats and they can allocate who gets what seat. It doesn't matter. And same goes for any other party. Does that make any sense? That's, that's, the, that's the perfect goal and that won't happen. But I think, the, I think the, the disconnect really comes from is that right now, issues that are plaguing, and I know that, that you and I, I assume, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're about 30-ish? Yes, I'm uh, 32. I turned 32 like a week ago. How about you? I'm a, well, happy birthday for a week ago. Um, I turned 22 in June, uh, end of June. Um, and even between your your generation and mine, and we are, I mean, I don't think we are, you know, but between your age group and mine, exactly. there's a disconnect. And But we're seeing politicians are like 55 to 80. Yeah. They're, they're, they, they came from the height of the Cold War. And what's affecting like my generation is in in the US, I'm this is specifically US issues. What's affecting my generation is climate change isn't being addressed, the cost of housing, the cost of education, and the cost of healthcare. That's all we care about. We yeah. we uh, on the across the board, like if, if when I be, become a citizen of this country, immigration, I that's not even a priority in my mind. Mm-hmm. The priority is cheap schooling, cheap uh, housing, cheap a healthcare environment. When yeah. you have these people who are 80, who, as evidenced by when they brought Mark Zuckerberg in, they don't even understand the internet and they're deciding policy for how the internet is run and they don't understand it. I barely understand it and I understand it more than them, but they're making policy. And like, it's that's the disconnect. It's this huge generational gap between decisions that have to be made that will affect like your age group and my age group for a long time and the future generations afterwards and these people who are going to die within 10 years are making those decisions that's yeah. the disconnect so i think in a perfect if, if i could have my way to run for office to run for office mm-hmm. like as soon as you reach the age of let's say 60 you can't run for office anymore and in okay. countries like in countries like sweden denmark and germany which have really young politicians they are ultra. They are care about the environment, and they have a lot of social policies. I think that's. I think that's both solution. When you reach sixty, you can still vote. Obviously, you can still vote. When you reach sixty, you can't run for office anymore. Yeah, uh, and uh, honestly, I I would be for that idea as well because, like you said, there's there's a, like a separation between just cultures alone, and yeah, their their ideas how to run a country is uh, it's not. It doesn't really align with current issues. Mm-hmm. They are stuck in the past, I believe, kind of what you said. Yeah. Sort of. Uh, John, uh, can I ask you a question? So basically, uh, what I want to ask you is that, um, let me think about exactly how can I ask you. Is So hmm, the idea is because, uh, in my opinion, uh, to a certain extent, I'm kind of past the belief we need a leader type guy like Donald or whoever you want to call out there, you know, Fidel Castro or whatever the fuck, right? Yeah. I think we could even bypass president. Maybe we could have something else because, yeah, maybe to an extent people need like a figure to look up to. But, you know, right now in the United States, we kind of stuck with a figure 
And don't get me wrong, I do not want to disrespect Donald Trump because at the end of the day, he is a president. And even for that fact alone, we need to respect him. I truly believe that. But, you know, that being said, yeah, he is a little bit of a joke in some ways. And I'm very sad to say that because I do respect him. But, yeah, his antics are not completely cool. You know, a lot of his antics are too much. And that's what I'm saying. Do we even need a president? Maybe we can run the country, like you were saying, with uh, multiple um, multiple parties and basically more more of a run by people than, than you know, and even the idea of president running shit. John, do you truly believe uh, Trump has, like, ultimate power? I really don't believe that. I believe there is many people that have a lot of power, but not ultimate power. Um, again, you, you, uh, just like your other questions, the, the, the take, okay, take the, take the phrase, does Trump have ultimate power? Take that just face value. Yes. No, he doesn't. Face value, no, he doesn't. But the truth is, is that the way President Trump has boosted the Republican base is that the Republican base will move with Trump, not the party anymore. We've seen that. And so the Republican Party, no that that their election hinges on how they publicly treat and talk about Trump. They know that. And I don't think that's a, that should be a shock to anybody. And so, as we saw in the impeachment, as soon as Romney went against party lines, this absolute shitstorm of hate from the conservative party and their base, specifically their base, hit him hard and like again the impeachment whether or not you agree with it the senate part of the impeachment had no witnesses they refused to have witnesses and all the all these senators were saying we're going to just say he's innocent regardless of what happens like like they didn't go in with as a fair trial and the truth is that when you have when you have so the senate's meant to stop him the supreme court's meant to stop him and the doj is meant to stop him the senate won't stop him because they know their election hinges on him. SCOTUS won't stop him, SCOTUS being the Supreme Court, because they're, they're pumped up with the Republican majority and they're always up with Republicans. And the DOJ won't, won't stop him, because if we've seen, as soon as the DOJ steps in, he fires people. So he doesn't have ultimate power, but everybody who should be able to hold him back and stop him from doing what he does isn't. So for all intents and purposes, he effectively does have ultimate power. As soon as all the checks and balances stop, the person has ultimate power, whether or not he quite literally does, if that makes any sense. Yeah, sure, uh, definitely. And uh, those sort of situations do happen. Uh, honestly, I'm not knowledgeable enough to agree or disagree with uh, what you just said. Um, I should emphasize, by the way, I should emphasize that I'm not saying Republicans only do this. We saw it during the Bill Clinton administration. Uh, the Bill Clinton impeachment, we saw Democrats do the exact same thing. This is a this is not a right versus left issue. This is a issue with the American system. I yes. just want to emphasize that. And uh, John, thank you for saying that because uh, what you just said, like uh, said, what I wanted to say is that it doesn't really matter which side what says what who what who what when there. The idea is whoever if if you president or a mayor or any sort of political figure, 
you should be accountable. And that should be like a standard for whoever we're talking about. And we we got into argument over Obama Gate, and I don't honestly, to be honest, I don't know enough about Obama Gate to talk about it. But the idea is this: I believe, regardless, however we look into it, everybody should be accountable. In this situation, the Obama Gate shenanigans. I'm not sure if somebody should be accountable. But if the claims that are made have any sort of merit, there, you know, there's like a serious allegations there. And if they have any sort of merit, we should at least look into it. I'm, I'm not saying prosecute, mm. uh, you know, kill those people. No, no. I'm saying if there, there, in, in, if this has any sort of merit, we, at the very least, it deserves is to look into it. And if we look into it and there's even more to it, I believe there should be actions taken. But once again, I'm speaking out of my ass and I don't <laughs> want to talk about Please, John, tell me more about it. Well, that's a funny thing. Like, I, I uh, again, just for clear transparency, I think Obama was a good president, as presidents go. He, America has been losing a lot of respect internationally, and Obama really brought a lot back. He apologized for a lot of the fucked up things America did. Whether or not you agree he should, he did, and that helped uh, other countries trust America more. Whether or not you think he should have, it helped. Um, but Obama is not perfect. Under his presidency, so many civilians in the Middle East died as unacceptable casualties in war. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what his government did, a lot of what the... I, I don't know. Um, I mean, you probably know this, but uh, George W. Bush, during the beginning of the war on terror, took America out of the international court that deals with war crimes. I forget what it's called, but like it basically it's the court that says, oh, if your leader commits a war crime, the, the world goes, hey, you committed a war crime, you're getting arrested. Mm-hmm. And Bush took America out of that. And that, that has allowed Bush and that allowed Obama and that allowed Trump to commit horrible war crimes that would have got previous leaders killed. And one issue I have with Obama's presidency, other than the war crimes he did commit, which he did commit, you know, a lot of the claims are false, but he did commit serious shit, is that he should have brought America back into that court. He should have, and he could have, and he didn't. Again, he, like, even though it wasn't his top priority, it stopped America from being able to be accountable. And regardless of whether you think they should be guilty or like the country should be guilty or innocent or each leader should be guilty or innocent, there is no way they've been held accountable for anything. And that's like that's the ultimate. Uh, again, I've sort of lost myself in what I'm saying. But that's the thing. Like, yeah. Sorry, I've, I've lost myself. No, don't worry, John. Uh, it's, it, I get lost 90% of the time, <laughs> all the time. No, 90%. Uh, but you know, uh, uh, once again, accountability, and I 100% agree with you. Uh, we uh, the that's like the primary thing that we should focus on. Uh, even uh, bypass the hate or whatever. Mm. If we all like, if I let's say do something stupid, you know, why I try like on Twitter, you could believe me or not. I really n- never, like very rarely try to call people names. I do, don't get me wrong, I do. And I do when, when I believe it's just. 
but I do not like spit, oh, you stupid motherfucker, this and that, out of nowhere, because they need to, at very least, they gotta give me a reason to do that. And that's that's what I'm saying with, uh, I believe, uh, and it's in politics in general, not only US, just politics in, in, in general. We are missing accountability. And if I may, I, um, I don't remember, Shit, I don't remember the book's name, but it's basically a book about um, uh, like a tribe mentality. So back in the day, uh, for example, Indian tribes, uh, tribes, not Indian from India, American Indians or however you say that, right? Yeah. So the tribes, right? Uh, they, they used to live in a small groups uh, and uh, a tribe as a group. And there was always accountability was like the major thing. And if you did anything against tribe, if they proved it, 99% of the time, you did not come out of it alive. They just killed you. And that was like the ultimate accountability. If you do things against the tribe, you are dead. Today, we don't have nothing like that. And the tribe is in the US is made out of 300 million people. How do you keep any sort of accountability there. Mm. And I think, I think, I think, I think the issue is, oh, I think, I think a major factor of that is that the issue, the internet is a beautiful thing, but one of its issues is that there is just so much news happening. Like, like Trump's scandals at the beginning of this presidency look like nothing compared to what they are now. But like, again, Trump could go out, he could tweet right now as we are currently talking saying, you know what? I think we should just execute all black people. He could just say that. <laughs> and within two days we'll have moved on because yeah. there's just worse shit happening. And I think, I think that's where a lot of accountability is gone. It's very rare. Actually, you, you know, the, with the Aubrey shooting about the, uh, the black guy who was gunned down by three uh, white people just chasing him in a car with guns. Like the, it was one of those unique situations where people just kept hounding it for months and there finally was accountability months. And that just, that never happens. And I think that's, I think, I think that's the issue with keeping people accountable. And I think the only way to, to keep people accountable is that, is that I think it's mainstream media, regardless of political, uh, lines has to go, here are our three stories that we have to rail repeatedly. People are going to get bored of it, but we have to keep railing it. That's how we hold accountability. You, you keep bringing it up. Even if there's – like, again, I'm just bringing back the old example. If Trump goes out to, like, right now and goes, I think we should shoot all black people, write that out every single day. Don't talk about new shit. New, we know the new shit's going to be bad. Every single day, you have to write it. And, again, if, if Obama came out and said, hey, let's shoot all white people, fuck it. That'd be funny. Like, you have to write about that every single day until there's accountability. And it won't sell well. I think that's the issue. It's, it's the truth is money is that papers go to the next thing because it sells well and they need money. There isn't much money in it anymore. And I think that's, yeah, again, I've just sort of lost my point, but it's, it, it's hard with the new stream to keep people accountable, I think is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Dan, I, I would like one thing. Uh, do you agree that we, I, I, I can speak only for myself, but I believe it might apply to you. And I believe it applies pretty much to everyone out there. Uh, I believe we all need to agree we don't really know. And we need to have a conversation about it. What do you think? Like, it, it's like, 
we 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 should know we don't know, and we should be just open about those type of ideas. Um, I I do I do I think yeah I think there's a lot of issues where and again it's on both sides of the political spectrum where it's this idea that we hear something and we stick to it, and we we got to do yeah well, I agree with you we got to we got to look at ourselves honestly and be like hey we don't actually know, yeah. and we got to we got to but we got to listen to people who do. And again, in the modern political uh, climate, right now it's medical experts. And in two years, it's going to be climate experts. And in two more years, it's going to be fucking, I don't know, fish experts. Who knows? <laughs> but like, yep. there's, there's always going to be like, like we across the society have to be like, we actually don't know what we're talking about. And I think politicians have to as well. They have to be like, hey, we don't have a degree in this field. So let's bring experts in we yeah. listen to experts and we have to be like well, like uh yeah i think that's yeah i agree with you we have to we have to sit down and be like hey we don't we don't fucking know what we're talking about <laughs> none of us really know what we're talking about like you and i are having a nice discussion and we're bringing up some good ideas but when push comes to shove we, we know sweet fuck all <laughs> and you know uh, thank you for for saying that because that's an honest truth and even like you were mentioning experts I do not disagree with experts. Uh, experts are necessary. But even with certain ideas, even scientific ideas, some scientific ideas are truly abstract, even to the scientists themselves. Mm-hmm. Because at some point, if you're trying to break down reality into numbers that are abstract and are not, you know, if, uh, mathematically, maybe they are making complete sense. But if you show that mathematic, uh, the, math, uh, the math equation to a random person is just a abstract gibberish. What are you talking about? And my point is this. My point is this. Uh, we really need to find like a common ground where uh, we understand each other. Because even mm-hmm. if you're like a science guru, you could be speaking gibberish to everybody. And are you really sending a message or you just saying something that you understand and nobody else understands? You know, how do we find the common ground, John? What, well, that, that's, that's actually, that's actually you, you brought up an interesting thing is that you are right. Like, again, specifically with, uh, sorry for interrupting you, by the way. I'm really sorry. Please. But uh, with, with specifically like climate change, like mm-hmm. the numbers tell us it's going to get warmer and the numbers say two degrees hotter in the next 50 years shit's gonna flood mm-hmm. now those numbers sound really small like like this winter this winter in in 10 months is gonna be fucking cold and so most people are gonna be like well it's still cold then climate change can't exist it's exactly that like like the numbers say it will but for us the individual it doesn't seem like that and it's not gonna seem like that till it's too late and it's gonna be like a lot of other things the numbers don't like the numbers don't uh, aren't an easy way to tell the story, I think is the correct way to put it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, can I ask you, so uh, you are uh, about climate change. Honestly, I'm convinced climate change is a real thing. I'm just not convinced uh, whose story is more or less correct because some people say it's global warming. Some people say it's global cooling. To me, it's climate change, however you look at it. But I don't know if it's going to warm up or cool down. And what are the whole ideas about? Uh, two, let's say the same question, but with two, two pinpoints. Uh, how long you think uh, till we really notice climate change? And 
uh, will it be, in your opinion, will will it get hotter, uh, cooler? Uh, what do you think is going to be outcome of climate change? Um, that, that's actually a multi-layer question, so I'll try to crack through it as efficiently quickly as I can. I, I don't know about the US, uh, but I look at specifically Australia. So every spring for the last 100,000 years, bushfires occur every yeah. spring because our environment has evolved to burn. That's how it spreads its seeds. It's just how it works. It's how the Aboriginal people farmed. It's brilliant. Um, but it always was halfway through spring into summer, there'd be bushfires. We'd be able to control them. And then, right, but there'd be steady flow of rain, so we'd always have water. And every year for the past, definitely since I've been around, we've got, we've been having less and less water and more and more fires. Until this year, during the, the great bloody catastrophe of Australian bushfires, is that our bushfire season started at the end of winter, which oh. is the earliest it's ever been. And nice. it burned parts of the country which have never burned ever in the history. And the Australian people, as in the native Australians, the Aboriginal people, have been around for over 50,000 years. It's never burned in some of these rainforests, ever. And we also had no water for a whole year. Like, and it, it, it was clearly going to that point. And I think it's, obviously, if you're living in New York or you're living in Chicago or fucking elsewhere, you're not going to notice it. But I look at, like, I look at Australia where... Our bushfire season went so long that it ended a couple months before it was meant to start again, which has never happened. I see. It was, like, imagine, um, just to put into perspective uh, for your mind, imagine if, if all of the U.S. population lived on the East Coast and then the entire East Coast was on fire. That mm -hmm. was – it was apocalyptic levels of fire, and it's only going to get worse so and and you are completely convinced that's climate change. You don't have any doubt about it. Well, the thing is, the the, the label it's it's global warming. The label climate change was actually done by the Bush administration because the term global warming is terrifying because it is. But when they say when they say climate when they say uh, cooling, they don't mean it's the average temperature is going to be colder. It's saying storms are going to get more and more extreme. The hurricanes are going to get more serious. When there's a flash freeze, it's going to be really bad. But the average temperature will always be hotter, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what that that's just what they mean. And just just based on okay, a couple of years ago, I did hike. I hiked in Alaska with my family um, on a glacier. If you ever get a chance to do it, do it. It's beautiful. It's lovely. It's a great. It's a great camping trip. And the guide was. We were flying over this glacier, and the guide said, 10 years ago, that glacier would would be." Uh, three miles longer, mm -hmm. and now it's not. Like, if you want to experience climate change, you have to leave places like New York, which have pretty okay temperatures, and places like Chicago, which are typically cold, and you have to go to areas where if climate change happens, it's going to hit us hard. Places like Australia, where it's mostly desert, and places like the glaciers of Antarctica, the Arctic, and Alaska, where when ice melts, it's noticeable. That's where you have to go. Sitting in New York, Chicago, San Francisco, maybe LA, you don't notice it because you can't. Yes, uh, definitely. And, uh, uh, you know, even just what you just said, the, the fires, uh, I kind of, 
I didn't make a correlation that the fires were happening recently and it was like a big news story. I, I you know, I apologize for my ignorance, but oh, I, honestly, the fact that anyone knows about Australia is enough for me. It's such a small. It's it's the 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 country is the size of the U.S. with a population smaller than the state of New York. Oh, like wow. no, no one's gonna fucking know about us. Like it's so. Anyway, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> a lot of people know about uh, about you guys, hundred percent. You know, even doesn't really matter. But you know, uh, I knew about Australia since I was a kid. You know, but yeah. I I also come from Europe. I guess European countries have a little bit different understanding of just uh, geography in general. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but like you said, uh, the, just on an example of the fires, you can tell there is a climate change and it's almost undeniable. My question, and I do not deny it, I, I, I am with it 100%. It's just my, my idea in all of this because many people uh, try to push the idea that we are the cause. And I'm not sure if people are the cause or not. I'm open to any idea. It's just uh, there is this uh, perspective that climate change is a natural thing and it has been happening forever. And for example, uh, like Egypt now, it's a desert, but supposedly 10,000 years ago or so before Ice Age, it was uh, uh, like a ray, like a jungle type of uh, land. And the question is, uh, so did it happen naturally or people caused it? That's the, the question. Well, here's the thing. Like, I, I won't ever claim to be really educated on much. I, I have a broad knowledge of just general things, but I'm not very – but climate change is something that affects Australia so acutely that I do know a fair chunk. Not like like scientist level, but I know a fair chunk. So, yes – Climate change is natural. It has happened repeatedly. It's why we got ice ages and whatnot. But in the last 2,000 years, oh, 1,000 years, mm-hmm. it has the amount of – because climate change is just from C, CO2 output. But the amount of output of CO2 has increased so much to ungodly levels, to never even seen before levels in human history. And it's because of the Industrial Revolution. To, to give you to give you a bit more specific example, do you know about the hole in the ozone layer above Australia? I have heard, but I do not know enough. There is a hole in the ozone. So thanks to the Industrial Revolution, they're pumping out of CO2, and we're currently pumping out CO2 something like 30 times more than we were then. The ozone layer, the ozone uh, of our Earth, has a hole over Australia. And to, to, to give you this – is, this is what the difference is. Mm-hmm. If you go to Australia, you stand in shade. Now, I'm, I'm, this, this concept is really difficult to explain. So just imagine you're standing in shade and you have your eyes closed, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you step into the sunlight. Your eyes are closed. You step into the sunlight. You feel the weight of the sun. You can feel weight on you. Uh-huh. That's, that is from the hole in the ozone layer. And never in history has there been a hole in the ozone layer before. And it's happened because of humanity's output of CO2. Yes, you can say that uh, 30% of it comes from cows and livestock. But how did that livestock get to the population they are right now? Because of us. 
humans. And like, like that's the thing. And it's like, and because of CO2 production, the ocean is sucking in more CO2, which kills plankton and algae, which means less CO2 gets absorbed. Like it's like, there are so many factors, but it can always be pointed back to people. Like again, to give you another perspective is that an ice age is meant to happen every 10,000 years or so. Uh-huh. We are we are currently meant to be in the middle of an ice age. Yes, sir. But thank, yeah, thanks to CO two reproduction, we're not. Uh-huh. Like, like it's like there are so many factors, but it always comes back to people. We have the process is natural, but we have accelerated it. It'd be like saying, oh, if you put a battery in a drawer, yes, in fifty years it'll run out of charge. What we've done. Is that charge is climate change? We've stuck a battery in an RC car and let it run all day. We yeah. have just made that process happen quicker, and that is, and 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 can I can I just say this? It's this question is more general, and I'm, if if I'm going too long again, please interrupt me. I won't take it badly. Let's say scientists are wrong. Let's say there is a chance they are wrong. If the only solution, if the only like solution we have for global warming is to switch to green energy like solar and wind, which costs nothing to get, uh-huh. it's cheaper for the consumer, cheaper for the company. If they, if if there's a chance scientists are wrong, isn't getting rid of fossil fuels and switching to green energy still worth it? It's cheaper for everybody. Like even if they're wrong, switching is still better. Yeah. I definitely, I I uh, definitely su- support that idea, and uh, in my opinion, we should be already uh, fo- like probably mostly running on electricity and just using power from like you say, solar power, wind power. Uh, we can use current of water. Also, even an idea. Uh, I don't know if you ever. Uh, were interested in like uh, ultimate power sources. Uh, nuclear power might not be the best idea, or might not be bad. I don't know. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah. For it's envi- complicated. <laughs> yeah, for environment, maybe not. But there's many. You know, there's even ideas of uh, technology that's never been even allowed. So I don't know if I'm gonna explain this correctly, but to me, it makes a lot of sense. There's this idea to create an engine off of magnets. Magnets from on one side they uh, they you know they attract each other, and on another side they repel each other. So if we set up an engine for both sides of repelling each other, they can rotate off of just the repelling uh, force. And you know, obviously, I'm not an engineer. I don't even know how to really comprehend the idea, but it does make a lot of sense that even with somewhat simple logic, we can figure out uh, sources of energy that are not really harmful to environment and why we don't do that. Do you you think there's a chance of like conflict of interest that somebody is making too much money off of fossil fuels and maybe that's why? Should yeah yeah I mean that's 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 obviously the, like there is there obviously um, and when I say I don't mean to I'm sorry if that sounded condescending but like to me that question is like yeah no shit like the fossil fuel industry makes billions look at Saudi Arabia but 
here's the here's here's the good news the light at the end of the tunnel is that fossil fuel companies are starting to invest in green energy because uh improvements in in storing of energy have made solar panels more affordable different ways of making solar panels have made them more affordable and we and the truth is we won't switch to green energy until fossil fuel companies switch to green energy and we are starting to see that and that is it's it's going too slow and it's going to it's just going too slow but at least it's happening and again as, as if i i don't know i uh, i don't know how large your viewer base is or whatever but like if if anyone who is listening let me ask you this if you are even if you are anti if you if you don't believe in global warming the fact that green energy is cheaper for the consumer and cheaper to make for the company which means in terms of capitalism it's the ultimate idea isn't that like shouldn't you still be for that like regardless of or not you think climate like again i'm sorry to keep emphasizing this like this is this is a topic that is it's terrifying for my generation yeah it's, because like like my, my grandparents don't believe in global warming and they're voting against it but they will die before they even see its effect yes my my children and my grandchildren will be suffering because of the choices made today and it's not like and i'm not i don't want to be like and people say like oh democrats are praying for this to happen it's like the truth is no we don't want it to happen but it is yeah i'm sorry to really put a downer on this like this is this is like the issue of my generation i hear you and and you make a perfect point because uh there's this um some people say we basically are sharing where we sleep but you know we just put it to the corner but at some point our children will have to live on that shit you know <laughs> that's the perfect analogy yeah yeah <laughs> and it's like Oh yeah, you might put your shit to the corner, but you're gonna make so much shit that your children's gonna live off of it, you know? Yeah, and definitely agree. It's um, yeah, I I think the idea in general goes kind of similar with even political views. There is too much uh, disconnect because even this idea, what you say, uh, going towards green energy is just logical thing to do. But still, it still it creates conflict, and maybe it's not really that people are in in, in conflict. Maybe people that have special interest in it are yeah. creating the conflict. I totally agree. I totally agree. Like uh, like it's it's lobbying groups and whatnot, and politicians who have invested in fossil fuel companies. Like, yeah, yeah I, I couldn't agree more with you. You know, John. Um, if if I may. Uh, I don't know how much politically minded you are, but you are very young. You can really look into changing this stuff and maybe going towards some sort of political aspirations. But you know, one thing for sure, uh, I believe, and it's not for all, it's not every single politician, but I believe most politicians are sort of prostitutes, you know? (laughs) Without a doubt, without a doubt. that's the thing. And I know there is true, honest politicians out there. But at certain point, if you have so many things to deal with, just like, uh, like uh, you know, in, 
there is basically a lot that goes into special interest. And we, we don't have to get into it, but there is such a thing as, let's say this guy gave me 10 million for my campaign. I maybe don't owe him anything on paper, but it is obvious I owe him something. And long yeah. short goes that, you know, the way the system works, unfortunately, those politicians, like I don't blame them for losing the sight for the real thing. And, you know, it's the way it works, it, it sucks your soul out. And if I be Donald Trump, if I be the somebody that makes decisions, I, I could literally, even with the best ideas in the world, could end up as that guy that is makes a fool out of himself. And, you know, long, but what I wanted to say, sorry, um, is that we have the power and you are really young, 22 years old. Um, I'm not saying I'm fucking old, I'm pretty <laughs> fucking old, you know? Uh, you know, maybe somebody listens and like, what the fuck those dudes are talking about? I'm about to be 70 now. Like, you know, both of them are younger than me, you know? <laughs> but uh, you can, we, we can make a change. And that might sound stupid, but I'm trolling on Twitter to make a change. Maybe well, that, that's what trolls can do. That's that's the power of it. Yeah. And and I believe uh, like we have this conversation. We really need to be active in our community. And, you know, I'm not planning to be a public speaker. I'm not planning on um, uh, maybe influencing the masses. But the, the little uh, like reach I have and uh, the little um, like a little influence I have, I rather uh, spread my ideas, my beliefs, and maybe help somebody see things different. And basically, like I'm fighting for a better tomorrow. And what you just said, I don't want me or my kids, if I have any eventually, to live on my own shit. You know, I really, and utopian ideas are kind of hard here and there. But we are capable of somewhat utopian society. And the only thing that's stopping us is ourselves because we are in conflict, constant conflict. If we would bypass the conflict, the utopian ideology is actually possible. What do you think? I, I honestly, I don't have much more to add. I couldn't agree more. It is possible. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. I do you have any other topic to cover? Um, honestly, I like off the top of my head, I don't have anything. I mean, I I just want to say that I really, I you know, as like like you said uh, at the beginning of this episode, like we were we were being ourselves to each other, but <laughs> I've 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 genuinely really appreciated the conversation. It's it's always nice to have, and like you and I have disagreed at some points, um, and it's it's been genuinely enjoyable yeah that's all that's all that's all i've got to say and i just want to say thank you this has been really fun thank you john and uh, same what you say likewise sir i i'm i'm very genuinely uh, glad to have this conversation same uh, basically what you said uh do you have anything you maybe would want to plug in uh, any anything maybe twitter <laughs> or um well, let's see um i my twitter page is at honest Goddard, <laughs> which is a shitty Twitter handle. But um, I I basically spend my time trolling, uh, 
Trump supporters. And, you know, I make fun of some Democrat supporters as well, especially the, uh, yeah, but that's basically it. Like, that's my sort of thing. And I'm always happy to have a conversation. That's why I have the plug, really. Beautiful. John, once again, thank you for this conversation. I truly appreciate it. Uh, and, you know, once again, just because we can have a conversation, we are no scholars, we are nobody special, but we also are a part of this whole uh, civilization. And that's the thing. If two random dudes that at the beginning we were almost hostile to each other, <laughs> we can have a normal and really pretty decent conversation, it means anybody can do that. You, you know, uh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Couldn't John, agree more. Yeah. Thank you once again. Uh, and really, really appreciate it. And uh, let's stay in touch. And maybe maybe we can have another episode. I would, uh, that'd, be, that'd be awesome. I'd be down for that. All right. Thank you.